Over the past several months, we have all heard that the market is changing, that the market is shifting, that we are going back to the pre-pandemic market paradigms. And then we hear the media and all of their panic and scare verbiage that is used to incite a panic mentality. The collapse of the housing market is imminent, that the housing bubble is going to burst, that we cannot sustain. The crash is coming. And then really don't even get me started about how they talk about the mortgage interest rates and then they're high and then they're doing this. And anyway, so today I am going to throw in my own two cents about the market out there. but. I am going to actually explain what a market shift is and what the different types of markets are because no one seems to really be doing that. So I am Danielle Shepard. I'm the broker of Always Here Properties, a little boutique brokerage in Central Texas and your host of Being Present in Real Estate, the podcast focused on educating agents about kindness and running their real estate business ethically while focused on building relationships with kindness and their building relationships with their clients, focusing on kindness and also building relationships with other agents because we're all in this together. Let's dive in to defining the different types of markets. So, I'm going to preface with this. These are my definitions. As I see them, they're not official. They are not from the government. They are not from a dictionary. They are not from NAR, Texas Realtors. They're not from anybody. These are my definitions based on what I know from being a real estate broker in Central Texas. Um real life in the Central Texas market. These are my thoughts, my opinions. So you may or may not agree to them. That's okay. I am in Central Texas and that's what I know. So keep that in mind. Um, so what I say may or may not apply to everything, everyone, where you are, your market, but the basic premise is going to be pretty much the same. Okay. So, the first type of market is what we have been seeing the last three years. The late 2019 to early and mid-2022, we were in a seller's market. So, a seller's market is where demand is greater than supply. In the last three years, this seller's market was spawned by a variety of things. Um, COVID comfort, meaning, and, and that's my own term, COVID comfort. Um, but COVID comfort to me was, we found ourselves being stuck at home and we found that maybe our house wasn't large enough. We didn't have a space for a home office. 
we needed to get away from our dogs. <laughs> My three mini schnauzers. Uh, we needed to get away from our children. We needed to get away from distractors. Or we found that our house just didn't meet being at home 24-7. So those were some of the things that we had to work on. You know, so that was COVID comfort. That was one of the things that drove the market. The other thing was the government was giving large sums of money for the first time in in my lifetime, the government was giving large sums of money. We had never gotten stimulus money, like ever. As like myself and my husband, we had not gotten stimulus money. And then you had the government giving stimulus money to not just individuals, but to individuals and per kid. So you had some families for the first time that were getting large sums of money that enabled them to pay off debt, have money for a down payment, have money for closing costs, of being able to afford for the first time that dream of American home ownership. And then the interest rates were still staying under 4%. So the economics of it were empowering buyers to be strong in that market. And because of the COVID lack of supplies, home builders couldn't keep up with the production. So there was a shortage of new construction in our market. Like our builders could not get lumber because where our lumber comes from is Oregon and Oregon was shut down. So that was a problem. In Central Texas, we had a lot of new industry coming to the area. Uh, Tesla was huge coming in, um, the metal plant coming to Temple. You know, we had a lot of new construction. Um, that was when they were, you know, the chip plant was being introduced coming into Taylor. So a lot of new industry was being introduced coming into our area that was exciting our market. And a lot of new people were coming in to prepare for those things being built. So once again, high demand. So we had a lot of factors that were coming in to bring buyers into the Central Texas market. When we look at the market statistics in the MLS, what did that look like? It would look like half or less the number of listings that would come on new as the number of closings. You just would not have listings. It was hard to get. Um, and then days on the market were very short, sometimes less than hours. What did that look like for buyers? Buyers were purchased or buyers were fueled by emotion and need. So they were oftentimes paying over asking, no concessions, no protections in the contract. And then what did that look like for sellers? Sellers were fueled by greed. They were accepting best and highest, easiest terms, shortest closing. They had all the power. 
That's what a seller's market is. The seller has all the power. They control the market. So their contract had least restrictions. So a seller's market only helps the seller. It hurts the buyer in the short term because they're overpaying for the prices. They have no selection. And it hurts them in the long run. Because they're overpaying at the onset. And then they're not going to be able to sell in the downward market to break even. And that's kind of where the shift happens. And there's a lot of other things that go along with that. And we're going to, I'm going to talk a lot about that and how to overcome that in later series. So now we're hearing that we are now in a buyer's market um, with the market shift. So before we can say, yes, that's where we are, we need to look at what a buyer's market is. So a buyer's market happens when there are more homes on the market than buyers purchasing. So you have a lot of inventory, hardly anybody's buying. A starting buyer's market will be indicated, like I watch the MLS numbers. When I start seeing a buyer's market coming on, I'm looking at two times as many listings as there are homes being sold. That's how I know a buyer's market's coming. From, from my definition, remember my definition. Additional factors affecting a buyer's market is time on the market. So what are the benefits of a buyer's market? For buyers, the benefits, there are a lot of homes to choose from. They're no longer forced to just pick the first one they come to and then just take it in as its condition. They have choice. They can negotiate price, repairs, concessions, title, home warranty, contract terms. The downfall of a buyer's market is that historically interest rates are a little bit higher. But really, even at 6 to 8%, that's not super high. I mean, really, oh, people who carry, you know, 8 to 10% vehicle debt on a $100,000 vehicle. Oh, people who carry 8% for student loan debt on a $200,000 student loan. You can buy a house for $200,000. So, priorities. So, the benefit of a seller's market, or I'm sorry, the benefit of a buyer's market for a seller, well... Not really much of a benefit um, unless they are the chosen one. And then that's just their benefit is they get chosen because sellers really have to put a lot of effort into selling their house. They have to make it really show ready, curb appeal, make sure it looks good because they have to be the one that's chosen. So, in a true buyer's market, the buyer, once again, is the only winner. Because you have seller's market, seller's the winner, buyer's market, buyer's winner. So I continue to get asked all the time, what is your opinion? What do you think is going on right now? Once again, I study the MLS every day. 
If you are an agent and you are not studying your MLS market every day, you need to study your MLS market every day. So I keep getting asked if we are in a buyer's market. And my answer is not yet. Not yet. I believe we are heading that way, but we are right now in a balanced market. So what is a balanced market? Well, I'm going to tell you. A balanced market is when there are about the same number of new listings on the market as there are sold. And I look at it as a week at a time. Last week when I pulled the numbers in our Central Texas market for the areas that I mostly serve, it was an exact balance of 91 to 91. Um, yesterday when I looked, I looked just at the day and it was 27 to 28. So you don't get much more balanced than that. A balanced market has a benefit to both the buyer and the seller. Because you're getting, everybody wins. For the seller, they may receive full price, but they're having to give some concessions to the buyer. For the buyer, you're getting some concessions, but you're having to pay full price. You're going to be able to negotiate some repairs. It's an equal opportunity. And you're still, for the buyer, you're going to have some choices because there's still some houses coming on the market every day. Uh, you might encounter some multiple offer situations in some certain price points, but for the most part, there's enough inventory that you really don't have that. So this is a great give and take for both sides where everyone wins. A balanced market is a win-win. Now, they don't last long because one side has to come out on top. And we are starting to see this. I do not think that a buyer's market or that a balanced market is going to last long. I do think that we are going to slide into a buyer's market. Now, I could be wrong because once again, my opinion, but I just think we we're starting to slide there. Now, one of the things that people have been asking me about is, well, how did interest rates affect all this? You know, they think interest rates are what drove us into a buyer's market back when COVID happened. And they think if interest rates go back down, interest rates will drive us back into, or they said interest rate drove us into a seller's market when COVID happened. Interest rates didn't do that. Interest rates had a minimal impact in going into a seller's market. And I'm going to tell you why. Prior to 2019, interest rates were under 5%. Interest rates had been under 5% for several years. So we cannot say that interest rates being low is what drove us into a seller's market because it's not. So when media tries to blame it on, and the government tries to blame it on low interest rates is what pushed us into a seller's market and that pushed us into that frenzy in a seller's market, it is completely false. It may have been an added incentive but that's not what did it. So when they try to do their market correction by increasing interest rates, 
it throws people into a panic. But that panic is caused by the media. So now that I've explained that type, uh, the types and the shifts, I want to take a few minutes to talk about the media effect on the market shift. Okay. First of all, we saw and continue to see the mainstream news media is not accurate news. And it's really sensational news, news, I don't even want to call it news journalism because I don't think it's journalism. It's sensational. And it's not sensational like, woohoo, firecracker, sensational news. It is ridiculous news. Okay, I'm going to go with that. They use shock and awe headlines to get you to listen to them. To make you panic. For example, they use words like tumble, collapse. I heard it two weeks ago, the collapse of the housing market. I've heard it several times. Skyrocket, epicenter. They talked about the uh, epicenter of the housing market. And I'm like, what? Um, Tug of war. Plunge. Because they talked about housing markets or housing prices will plunge. Alarming trends killed. They talk about the interest rate killed the housing market. These types of words are elicit are used to elicit a sensory response. They're used to elicit a emotional response, a panic response. They are not realism in the real estate market. And I need to focus on that. When you, as a real estate agent, are hearing these types of stories, you cannot buy into them and you cannot spread that misinformation. You cannot focus on it. You need to focus on your market. The other issue I have is that newscasters say that these negative stories, say these negative stories as though they pertain to the entire country as a whole. Our market in Central Texas is not the same as California, Nevada, Florida, Maryland. Not the same. And for them to think that we are the same is ridiculous because Texas, we are our own country. I mean, state, republic. Our markets are not the same. Things that drive our markets are not the same. Even within our own state, we are not the same. Austin is 45 minutes south of Central Texas. And their market is inherently different than the Central Texas market. And let me be clear, Austin is not Central Texas. Did the Central Texas market get a little out of control the last three years? Did we go overboard like the Austin market? Not even close. Because not one time did I hear of a house in Central Texas sell for $100,000 over asking. Never heard it. But I did hear about it in Austin quite often. 
and then some. So every area has their own factors that drive their market. So for the news media to ascertain that they can speak for the whole of society, for the whole of the country on real estate is ridiculous. And when we get asked by our clients about that, and if we entertain that and don't correct our clients or correct customers or correct the general public, then that is our fault. Because we, as as professionals, need to make sure that the public understands what happens in California, Nevada, Florida, Maryland, wherever is not your local market. Unless you're in one of those local markets. So, I ask that you not listen to the national news, or if you do, you make ascertain that you correct it. But as agents and real estate professionals, study the MLS daily, weekly, monthly. Study those market trends. Understand your market area that you serve. Use your hot sheets to track data for the market so you can gain insight into what is going on in your area. As we move into changing markets, which we change markets all the time, every few years, and I feel like you've seen those charts, all of them, they go like that. That's historical. We can't change that. That happens. As we move into these changing markets, you need to be able to speak intelligently with buyers and sellers about the market and what it's doing. And especially for buyers, you need to know what is trending on contracts. There's nothing that a listing agent likes more than to get a contract that is better terms than what is customary in the market. Just because you don't know the market. So, whatever you do, study but ask your broker. If you're in doubt, ask your broker for guidance. That is what they are there for. And if you're with a brokerage that you can't ask your broker, you might need to think about that because kind of what you're paying them for. So as we move through these market changes, keep in mind, stay informed, be kind, be present. Thanks for tuning in. Like and follow and subscribe for more. Um, I look forward to talking to y'all next time. Take care.